Hey, this is CJ Couch, producer of the Yellowbird Connect podcast, and you are listening to episode number 12 with Chuck Flantroy. Let's get straight into it. The main reason we started Connect is we were just sick of attending the same seminars um, and hearing a sales pitch all the time at the end. We just wanted to do something different, something that added value. It's just not who we are. It's not what we're doing. It's that we're consistent in doing it, and we're good at converting the leads that come in. So we're putting all that information out there for free, giving everyone that opportunity to do it also. The idea behind it is the more we give, the more we get back. If you all have liked what you've been hearing, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Now let's get into today. Thank you for being here today, man. Uh, we've met several times, but we've never uh, you know, sat down and had lunch or anything or talked too much about what you, going, what you have going on, but I appreciate you coming in today, man. Hey, thank you for having me. So can you just give everyone listening and myself included just a quick background? I talked to CJ just a little bit that you used to work in direct mail and stuff. So I'm really excited to get into that today. Um, but just a quick background of uh, where you used to, what you used to do, where you used to work, uh, your life, how you ended up where you're at now. Well, I'm a master sales guy. You know, <laughs> uh, I've been in sales and marketing for 15 years. Uh, originally got my teeth cut in yellow page sales. So, um, you know, that industry is pretty much a dead duck, you know. Uh, so no selling ads in selling, yellow pages? Selling advertisement in yellow pages. Hell yeah. It was the, it was the it's internet. It's as raw as it gets. Yeah, it was the, in, it was the, it was the first original search engine. <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh, for local businesses, it was pretty much a yearbook. And it was a pretty easy product to sell because of the fact that if you weren't in that directory, uh, consumers couldn't find you. It's funny to think about that now because I remember that when I was a little kid. The only way to find a plumber or something like that is go in the yellow pages, go under P, and search plumber. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Like, how else would you, besides Absolutely. billboards, how else would you find people? It's a crazy. A Absolutely. That business model was a cash cow for a lot of yeah. for a lot of publishers for years and years and years. I got into it, you know, back in probably ninety two at least 2003. And I tell you, it was as easy as walking into an office and saying, hey, your competition is doing a full page. Why don't you do a double truck to get in front of them? Right. And if they, if you sparked it right, you gave them the right pricing, you gave them the right strategy, they would buy it. And they would spend $50,000, $60,000 in one year in that ad. And a lot of consumers didn't even know these ads cost money. You know, they thought that, oh, it's just like a service that the phone company did, but it was... I had no idea. No, it's an advertising space. So, but it's an easy sell if you tell them, look, your competitor's doing this, you can spend 60 grand on a full page, you're going to make three times that, what you spend. That I mean, the, was that the sell? That was, that was the sell. That was the sell. <laughs> just like in all advertising, there's a risk involved. Yeah. So if you can mitigate that risk and explain kind of, we can track and we can, you know, put some analytics behind it. You know, so you'll know how many calls you got. You'll know how many hits to your website you can collect. Uh, those, those were things that you, insurance policies, if you will, for them making that kind of investment. But most of it was all ego. Most of it was ego, brand recognition, <laughs> things like nature. And you would just play on those as a salesperson. But right. at the end of the day, they needed to get themselves out there. They needed the business. So um, that's pretty much how I started in sales. Okay. Uh, and then for the last five years, I've been in direct mail marketing. Um, originally I started with the digital approach because towards the end of my yellow page career, I was working with taking businesses from just having a print ad to setting up a digital presence. So I was 
a big proponent of them saying, well, what's your website looking like? What's your web presence looking like? What keywords do you want to come up on when people are searching in your market? What other markets are you in? So I was taking these major uh, local advertisers into the digital world. So coming into pr digital uh, print marketing, it was natural for me to say, okay, I sold against direct mail. We called it junk mail, mm -hmm. right? So um, what, how do you measure success was probably one of my first questions during my interview process. And said, well, they buy it again. I guess it worked. I said, that's, that's not going to work moving forward for the next five years. We need to find some ways to track the performance of direct mail. And there's ways that you can do that now, and that's becoming more commonplace um, today. Uh, but back then, it was just unheard of. You thought, you, you, you know, you, 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 you put together a good message, you, you selected the vehicle, whether it was a letter, whether it was a postcard, and um, you obviously found a list or a geo, and you, you, if you knew your customer base, you knew their demographic, psychographics, you took a chance with buying some data, and you sent the list. And if you had more foot traffic, you had more sales, hey, it was a success. Um, but I just, I just came in with a different approach, and it stuck. And um, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of the world of direct mail from where I see it. So you were, are, you're not still working for the direct mail company? No, you no. Are. So I, you started five years with the direct mail company. You were, were you selling direct mail or were you selling mostly the digital side? Well, I originally started with the idea of bridging the print okay. with the digital. Okay. And then from there, I needed to understand more of the print because that company's business model was, we were, we, we were actually producing everything that we were selling. So it was more of a production business, a, a manufacturing business, if you will, more so than a consulting, advertising, sales business. So, I, so obviously, you know, moving up from just being the, digital, the director of digital marketing to the this, 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 this director of sales, and then the combination of both. I needed to understand each each aspect of the business, especially on the print side. Okay, good thing to know for uh, what we're in now. What? So you're not there anymore. Um, tell me about the shift. I mean, you're an investor now. I'm an investor now. So tell me about that shift, or um, if it was gradual from doing the direct mail. I mean, it seems like a natural progression to me. You're seeing the ins and outs. You're seeing what people are spending and the types of returns they're getting. Different types of businesses on direct mail. You figure out this wholesaling and finding discounted properties thing, and you're like, oh, that, I, I feel like I know a good amount about this. I can make that work. How did that transition work? And can you tell me about your first one and, and bring me up to speed to where you're at now? Well, um, let's talk about the transition. Yeah. So That's uh, my favorite part is the transition, <laughs> man. It's my favorite part. Well, for me, obviously, you know, uh, I'm always trying to think five and <clears throat> ten years ahead, right? Where's, where's where, you know, I'm kind of skating not where the puck is, but where it's going to be, right? Uh, so I just felt like for me in my, in my time and, you know, where I am at, with my age and my family life, I just wanted to do just, just, just a transition. I, di I didn't want to trade time for dollars anymore. I had found some success. What sparked that in you that didn't just come out of nowhere? Was it a book? Was it a podcast? I mean, for, for me anyway, it just it didn't come out of nowhere. I had to go out and find even that, what you just said, I had to find that knowledge. What, what was it for you? Was it I, a friend? 
I think I think it was a culmination of a lot of different things. The only thing I can think of right now is is Tony Robbins. Yep. A friend of mine um, told me, you know, I'm a big Spotify listener. So a, a good friend of mine said, hey, Tony Robbins is on, you know, he's got podcasts on there. Why don't you take a look at it? So I just start listening to stuff. And actually, I was digging into it for my relationship improvement. Um, <laughs> we all need that. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I saw some different topics that sparked uh, me listening in. And in that was about redesigning your life and taking control of that. And, you know, that really sparked enough uh, of a of a reaction in me to say, you know what? I've sat with business owners for so many years and watched them um, make their dreams come alive. Whether they're successful or unsuccessful is immaterial. They took a chance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I said, you know what? It's time for me to step out and take my own chance. And I just said, you know, the things that I know, the things that I have accomplished and the relationships I've built over the years, I can still leverage those relationships. So at any point, the guy that made the most money in that direct mail business was brokers. They basically had the customer under control. They would bring them to us. We had all the overhead, all the management of the people, the labor, the product. And they would get more of a percentage off of that deal than we did. And I saw it time and time and time again. So I said, you know what? I, I'm in the wrong position. So that's pretty much where I am as far as what, made the, what sparked the transition. But as far as where I am in this process. Because did you I, just go cold turkey and I had to, you know, quit um, and leave? Or, or did you slowly start your own thing and build it up? I've learned so many different things from the internet. You know, uh, I can get into a spiel about, you know, this is the age of information. Anything you want to know, you could probably find a keyword or a phrase that you can find in a blog, some kind of video, or you can connect with someone that knows more about it than anyone. Uh, and in that process, I just figured that it was just uh, a good opportunity for me to step out and bring that question back. I'm sorry. So when you... Uh when you found that and you decided that you were in the wrong position, you wanted to, uh, you know, leave that job. You didn't want to trade time for money anymore. Mm -hmm. How did you make that transition? Was it all at once just jumping headfirst in, or did you start your own couple direct mail campaigns while you were still working for the company, start a side thing first and slowly transition? I'm asking this because this is something, this is a subject that a lot of people have a lot of interest in because there's, Many people that are unhappy where they're at in their job or what they're doing, um, and they're wondering how to get out and how other people did it. Um, not everyone's path's the same, but mine was just going cold turkey, quitting, and just going all in, so I didn't leave myself room for failure. I don't think that's necessarily the best route. I think the best route is slowly doing it um, until you feel comfortable, and then, you know, then make the transition of switching. So I, I, I just like to hear other people's opinions on how they did it and what they think the best way is. And I think people listening would like to hear that too, kind of how you made that transition. Absolutely. And I, and I, I can probably jump on the bandwagon of going cold turkey. Uh, but in my thought process, um, we were having a discussion um, uh, with someone that was selling basically the, the real estate investment process in a box and one of the conversation that, that conversation got on the subject of ready aim fire uh and he said what if you change your mindset to ready fire aim 
So taking, you know, getting a chance to really get out there and then calibrating as you do it. I like that. that, that, that Massive action. Massive action. You know, and um, I have worked and know a lot of uh, high-income individuals that are discontent and not happy with their current position, and they're just looking for something else. So basically, I leverage some of my relationships to say, I'll take the first leap. This is where we're going. And they're, they've encouraged and they're supported and they're now my investors to where they're going to keep their jobs. I'm going to take the leap of faith because of the fact that where I am, where, what I've identified as a, as a direction and a strategic move is working with the customers, getting down on the, on the ground level and creating opportunities by creating, you know, structuring deals mm-hmm. and finding opportunities where homeowners are in, are in distress and they need help. Right. So I'm pretty much that person. That's, that's where I see my business going. Okay. So are you the person right now that's, that is face to face with the homeowners, the one going on appointments and I am. Okay. I am. So let's, let's get into that. Um, another subject people really like to listen to is what, what are you doing right now? Is it, is it mostly wholesaling, mostly flipping, mostly buying rentals? Are you focused mostly on marketing and uh, you know finding the discounted houses, and then after you find one, you're selling it real quick to an investor and moving on? Yep. What does your business look like? That's, How are you making money? Yeah, to, to <clears throat> your last point, that's pretty much what my business is, is defining that distressed homeowner, okay. putting that deal together, and then passing it off to a wholesaler that has another strategy for the property. Okay, so be, your background of yellow pages, direct mail, uh, print advertising, sets you up perfect for, for at least wholesaling in this day and age because I think postcards are dying, but right now, if you're wholesaling, you still, if you're doing any sort of volume, you still need to be doing a little bit. Um, can you give me an idea of what your marketing looks like now? Well, it's, it's all direct. As far as, uh, you know, our business is only probably 20 days old. Oh, awesome. Okay. We're, I mean, we're just getting started. I, I just, you know, sunsetted my relationship to where I wasn't taking emails on the 23rd of last month. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So I've been on kind of like double duty, but I've been strategically planning in what, what direction we're going to go in for the next year and the next three years. As a matter of fact, the three-year plan is what I've put together. So let's start with this. Your first one. Have you done one yet? I have not done one yet. Okay. Right. So what is, tell me, tell me what your plan is in the next six months to do your first one. All right. So the first, the first strategy that we're putting together and it, which is basically the circle of influence strategy where we're, we're basically writing out everyone that we know and, and introducing what it is that we can bring to the table. What is it, what this new business model looks like for them. So we figure from that, because I know a lot of people, mm-hmm. and those people know a lot of people, right. that there should be some opportunities. And we've, had, we've gotten three opportunities that we need to research and we need to start shaping up because these, these could be our first deals. Right. So just basically we're going for the low-hanging fruit mm-hmm. and we're shaking the trees. And then once we step outside of that, we're evaluating uh, data sources. So whether that could be, you know, tax deed auctions or foreclosure list, you know, there's so many different so uh, many data sources and 
you know, yes. and, and I come from a world that, you know, uh, no list is 100% guaranteed. So mm-hmm. I'm not coming in with that kind of naive mindset. Um, and so it's just a matter of vetting all of those. So we put together the budget. We're going to try them. We're okay. going to give them all a good go. Like I said, having that mindset that you want to track everything that you do. And I think you've brought that up in some of the connect meetings is how important it is to track. And I want to hear your input on that, too. Uh, and uh, finish your thought, what you were saying, but tracking. Yeah, I mean, if, if you can't track it, you you have no idea. You're flying blind. Yeah. You know? You're flying blind. I mean, just, just as you, you should know those numbers just in case there's a ratio that says if I put $20,000 in and that's my minimum, it gets me 40. Doing 15, you would think, oh, well, you know, that's a good idea. But 20 is your number. But you need to know that. Right. You know, so I've, I've had uh, experience with working with uh, small businesses to where we've found a, the secret sauce for them is $1,600 on Instagram. Most people say, whoa, that's a lot of money to just throw in ads. But if they threw the 16, they got 32 back. And it was just, it, it, that's what it required. But there has to be some sort of, there has to be another factor. Because why would they not just, instead of throwing 16, throw $100,000 at it? Well, they well, you know, obviously it's it's, it's some they they're taking they're making the investment they're getting they they're reaping a return and then they're reinvesting and then it just goes on and on and on. Now sooner or later, some of that spend is going to be wasted. Right. Right. But at some point, some people will say, "No, I need to I need to tip I need to put just my toe in the water and do five hundred. Oh, a thousand. That, that's you know that I can't do more than a thousand. But it's so much wasted money because you have no idea. So you have to get, allow yourself to really take a risk and invest and see where it goes because you may, you know, before they got to, 50, to, to, to 16, trust me, they were fighting to get to 12. Right. They were fighting to get to 14. They were saying it's not working. But I said, this is where it is. This is where consumers in your space are looking for new ideas. They're looking for creativity. They're a hair salon, by the way. Mm-hmm. So um, that, what that, um, Formula worked for them. And every business that I've, I've ever dealt with, they ha- all have their own unique formula. They need to find out. They need to right. hit the lab and figure what that formula is. But what needs to be baked into that formula is definitely tracking, analytics. How, how do you get, how do you balance the tracking with getting too crazy though? Because with postcards, like, okay, you send out a postcard. Maybe I get a deal from a postcard I sent out in 2017 Mm -hmm. to a particular zip code. How do how does that fit in with the postcards I'm doing now? And which I'm just saying I'm doing the counter argument to it. My my partner's not as big into tracking as I am, and his counter argument is uh, maybe you felt like crap that day you went to the house and maybe you just lost the deal, or maybe you could have negotiated them down another ten grand, or maybe your postcard just hit them on the right day. Like, how can you, how do you not get too crazy tracking? Like, I'm going to send postcards to Murray Hill um, in June because Murray Hill in June is, has worked great for me in the past. Well, maybe you just had one good, good deal that came out. So how do you balance that? Um, Well, it's a, it's a, for me, it's, it starts with time management, right? So if you're spending too much time analyzing the analytics, then that's probably, you're doing too much. You're probably double-crossing yourself, mm-hmm. right? But uh, also, when I look at a KPI and what you just described, 
is the sales cycle. That's a big part of any business is understanding what is the sales cycle for your business, right? So if someone is in distress or you've targeted someone for whatever that reason may be, you have to say, well, this postcard is an invitation and they're not ready to go to the party. And when they are, at least you've put that invitation in their home. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, I used to, you know, I worked with a sales team in my previous job and, and one of the, the tenements in my structuring of, of our sales philosophy was the four C's. So in direct mail, there's four C's that consumers are gonna do once they receive any piece of mail. They're either going to collect it, which um, you can be relegated to like, they're gonna recycle it, throw it in the trash, or they're gonna hold it for the time that they really wanna use it. If you're a brick and mortar, you're a retail, they're actually gonna come in. So I call that a come in, right? So you're gonna increase foot traffic. They're either going to call, which you could put a tracking phone number in there. You mm -hmm. can have all kinds of things that, that route into your, your uh, call centers. Or they're going to click, and they're going to be wanting to do research. I mean, check out your website. Check out your, your, uh, your social media pages. So you need to make sure that, that your presence online is, is consistent and congruent with everything else that you're doing. Uh, I haven't found a fifth of this one of the, another fifth to the C, so I challenge anyone if they can find another C to that. But that's pretty much what the vehicle of direct mail can do. It's an invitation, okay. and you never know what may be going on in the mind of that consumer when that's received. Right. But uh, when they do react, in whatever way that they do, you need to be able to say, we had an uptick, or we did not absolutely get anything from that. What did we do differently? What was our, you know, what was the mission? What was our objective before we even launched this campaign? And um, I've seen it on both sides as far as, um, you could have the perfect piece, the call to action, the, uh, the, uh, the images, the message, everything is just on point, but you sent it to the wrong person. Mm -hmm. if you, so, so both of those things have to be in perfect alignment. Okay. And if they're not in alignment, then you need to know this is why we're doing it. Another direct mail question. I, that, that, was, that was great info there. It does all need to be in alignment because if, if it's not, you know, you're just burning money at that point, in my opinion. Um, direct mail. We go to a lot of conferences and speak to a lot of people that are doing a lot of volume, either wholesaling or flipping, marketing for off-market stuff. And everyone is very down on Facebook. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I want your opinion, being in the direct mail industry, where do you see direct mail going in the next five years as far as wholesaling and finding off-market deals? The next five years, 10 years... Do you think, what, where do you think it's trending? Do you think it goes away completely? And do you think something like Facebook takes it over? Or do you think it always lingers? Or what do you see? And how are you adjusting the way you're doing things, um, you know, just starting off? Well, you know, for <laughs> me, um, I'm very focused on the data side, the consumers, who you're targeting and with what message, Right. So I just see an expansion in social media with the data list and a merge and a, and a, and a, and it actually working in partnership with each other. Um, and it's 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 known, but Facebook has a has a program where you can actually load in a direct mail list and target those same people that you would with a with a mail piece with Facebook ads. So if you have the for right for cheaper list, probably for much cheaper, <laughs> the, the you know, but physically. I'm going to Facebook, I'm at, and, and think about it from the consumer's perspective. I'm going to Facebook, not because I want to look at ads. 
I'm going there because I'm trying to catch up on relatives, friends, colleagues, and there and whatever posts they're making, whatever I'm or maybe following news or, or or what have you. I'm not going there to be solicited with advertisement, but that's a part of the the give and take of using that platform. So just because you know the, the cost per impression is extremely low, the um, probably the, the 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 connection that the consumer is making is probably they just they just scanning through it, you know, because it's just you know that whole fragmentation world of it's so much advertisement. When you wake up, you you're getting advertised on the news, you're getting advertised on your way to work, and you know on the radio, and it's got ads there. So you just consumers are just being bombarded with marketing messages to the point where they almost are numb to it. But that's a place that they play, you know. Um, having the mail come in, having the ads appear on the uh, on the social media, um, all create this opportunity of brand awareness, right? You're creating all of these impressions, and, and sooner or later, there's some, something that's going to stick. So, so your message is multiple touch points. It's you called need to be hitting, hitting, hitting people everywhere, so right. there's not one thing that's going to completely take over. You're saying you think direct mail is always going to be there just as a piece, maybe not as important of a piece, but a piece that works with Facebook, that works works with billboards and print ads to all come together. You got to mix it. You got to mix it up. And like I said, you know, previously, you, you, you have to know your numbers. You have to know uh, what your KPIs are. I think you've talked about this before, key performance indices or indexes, however you want to map it out. But you need to know what it is that gets you conversions, what mm-hmm. it is that gets you at least some calls, because every call that you may get back from a piece may not convert, right? but at least it, it sparked people to, to, uh, to engage with you. That's the hardest, um, the, the best ratio we've seen is calls per deals. I mean, if, if, you don't, if the phone's not ringing, even if it's shitty phone calls, if the phone's not ringing, nothing's going to happen. Right. So that's, that's a big tracker for us, is right. calls per deals. Right. Um, going right back into, I got one more question for you, just about uh, your journey. Um, can you talk a little bit about how things are going right now? Um, and what the biggest struggles are as far as finding your first deal. What are you battling with as far as marketing spend? What are you doing to find it? And what has been the biggest mental issues you think? Uh, because this is a, this game of wholesaling and spending money to try to find off market deals. It's, it's just as much of a head game for me anyway, right. as it is actually making money. You have to be able to risk a few thousand dollars or risk all this time making nothing to know and feel confident that you will find something in the future. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you're dealing with that. Uh, maybe it's easier for some people than it was for me (laughs) starting Mm -hmm. out, but tell me a little bit how you're dealing with that, how you're keeping your mindset positive about finding that first one. Um, so for me, you know, obviously, you know, taking that, that big leap, um, opened up a lot of time, you know, normally, you know, I'm, I'm up at seven in work, you know, at work till six 30. So my day is pretty programmed. Now I've taken back that time. And now I have to be very disciplined with how I sanction yeah. my time and not my easy. focus. Easier said than done, Easier too. When you, than done. <laughs> when you go from structured to yeah, it's uh, whatever you whatever yeah. you if you want to sit at home and watch the you know news until <laughs> you know everything about everything that's going on. In watch the world. Sports Center three times. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm a person. I'm a self-motivated person. Uh, but it's just so much information that I'm trying to that I that I that I've weighed through and I'm still weighing through. I wanted to get really a core focus for the business, right? Uh, and we've talked about that in some of the connection meetings and with with uh, breakfast with Kyle about getting really good at one thing and then outsourcing everything else that you don't know. Yeah. Uh, so for my business, it's it's, it's two prompt. Uh, it's it's first, you know, establishing a way to source leads. Right. And whatever that may take. Initially, I'm not doing any kind of advertising spend because I just don't feel like I have enough um, uh, justification to, to, to actually make that investment. But it is programmed in uh, somewhere around uh, month five, six of, my, oh, yeah. of the business. You'll cycle. be there quick. Right. And the other part is building that at building that uh, buyers list, the cash buyers list. Yeah. Um, which is basically who do I you know, once these deals start to shape themselves up. And you know, obviously, I got an immediate group of, of investors ready to go. But what if these don't these these deals uh, don't fit their profile? They're, they're then not then you got doing. us. There we go. <laughs> there we go. And that and that's really you know that's our two prong approach right now. We're trying to keep it very simple, systematic. We're trying to really um, uh, make a make a lasting uh, a, a, a approach to this business. We're not oh. coming in saying let's just go aggressively at. Uh, just hitting the streets and making these phone calls. For me, coming from a world of direct marketing and, and premising and cold calling, that hurdle, that obstacle for me is not even an obstacle. That, I look at that as fun. I eat, I eat no's to get to a yes. I understand the whole ratio of, you know, for every 100 calls gets you one opportunity. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not in fear of that at all. I'm just... I'm more concerned about what, how that process is going to move down the assembly line. How are we going to convert these customers into, well, these prospects into customers, and then how are we going to get these customers' deals matched up? So we're, I'm very much looking at our business model as a matchmaking business model for mm -hmm. the first three years and, and being a value to, to not only the consumer because they're the one that's in trouble, and then also being a, an, an asset uh, to our cash buyers because now they have an opportunity to make an investment really pay off for them. I think you're, I think you're thinking about it in the perfect way. Um, and uh, I appreciate you being here, Chuck. I think that uh, bringing us from your job at Yellow Pages to doing direct mail and this Tony Robbins podcast kind of <laughs> sparking something in your head to do your own thing and the way you are now looking at your business as an added value rather than looking for yourself, adding value to the people who you're buying your house and being a huge asset for the people you end up selling it to. I think that's the right way to do it. And uh, I think you'll be really successful in it. I really do. Jacksonville's a great market for it. And uh, yeah, I wish you the best. Thank you, sir. The main reason we started Connect is we were just sick of attending the same seminars um, and hearing a sales pitch all the time at the end. We just wanted to do something different, something that added value. It's just not who we are. It's not what we're doing. It's that we're consistent in doing it. And we're good at converting the leads that come in. So we're putting all that information out there for free, giving everyone that opportunity to do it also. The idea behind it is the more we give, the more we get back.